And welcome back. It's another edition of Mile High Magazine. Of course, I am Murphy Houston. Hope your weekend is going very well. And joining me today from the Colorado State Patrol is Sergeant Blake White, who handles all the public affairs. And a pretty busy man you are, Blake. Busy man. Always a busy man. Uh, Blake and I have had a chance to talk about some of the uh, new rules that are coming in for driving. And I mentioned to him that when we had talked earlier that I talked to my family members that drive, People like no friends. Nobody knows about these new driving right. laws. Yep, and that's why we're trying to educate people now. Well, it is, and it starts in like a week. You well, know, the beginning yeah. of year, beginning of 2020. Well, it's already in effect, actually, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're there, but yeah, we got we got to get people up to speed. Well, let's let, let's let's talk about it. It's really the laws changing involving winter driving, not so much obviously the Correct. good weather in Colorado. So what are the big changes? Yeah, the biggest change is what we call passenger vehicle traction law as well as chain law. And so that's anybody that's uh, you know not driving a commercial truck or something like that. We've always had you know some stricter rules for them, but now they've increased the rules and regulations on passenger cars, whether it's car, SUV, anything like that. So whether it's all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, front-wheel drive – you're all under arrest if you don't do well, yeah so so the thing is that uh, we realize you know especially i know a lot of people go up skiing and they realize how bad it is going up i70 when you're sitting in traffic all the time right, and right. and all these roadways so they're trying to reduce that so what the legislator did is they increased the requirements for tread depth as well as um, some tire restrictions if you don't have that so first it starts off we'll start off with the four wheel drive car let's if, do it if you have a four wheel drive or all wheel drive car you need to have 3 sixteenths of an inch of tread depth so that's deeper than what it was before. What yes, was it before? It, it was basically two sixteenths, one eighth. So they've they've increased it, and um, so that helps a little bit. But we always recommend that people get some good tires as well. You know, don't be driving if you have three sixteenths of an inch of tread. We don't want you driving in summer tires up in the mountains because they're just not meant for snow. So get some all weather tires, get some mud and snow tires, get something, but it's not required at this point in law. You just need to at least have some good tread on your tires. Well, and if you're not sure about that, which most people aren't, you can go to a tire store and they, they'll check that for you. Yeah, they can. I, I bought myself a tire depth gauge just so I can keep an eye on my tires. Uh, I think it was maybe 2 $3, and I keep that just to check my tread depth. But tire shops are the best ones. They know how to do it. They do it for free because they, of course, want you there and checking sure. your tires, make sure you got the proper pressure. Just do all those things that so you're prepared for it. So is this what they call the I-70 law you're referring to? If we well, drive around the city, it's different than on I-70 heading up to the mountains? Yeah, or? so that's part of it. And, yeah. and let me get back to that, too, because okay. we'll talk about – so if that's a four-wheel drive stipulation. Okay. If you don't have a four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive car, you can have a two-wheel drive, but you have to have that 3 inch tread – but you have to have mud and snow rated tires, all weather tires, or ones that have the little mountain snowflake on the side of them. Is that the all weather thing? Yeah. So the all weather is actually that's different than an all season tire. Uh, most of the manufacturers right now they've they've all said that they're putting on the mountain with a snowflake in it as rating their all weather tires. But it's a softer compound. It's different than all seasons. So we just we recommend looking for that MS on the side of your tire or the little mountain three-peak snowflake um, in the middle of it. Are those tires you should only put on during the winter, or can you leave them on all year? You can absolutely leave them on. And, you know, if you have true snow tires, sometimes it's best to swap those out for the seasons. Right. Um, because, again, with, a, with a hot temperatures, the traction – they're designed for different things. We recommend if you're going to have true summer tires and true snow tires, you swap them. Otherwise, all-weather tires are going to cover you year-round. All-weather tires. All-weather tires. And you're saying it's not true that these auto dealers 
when you buy a new car, they're already on? Yeah, so it depends. Usually in Colorado, if you're going to get a four-wheel drive, you're going to get an SUV, something like that, they usually put on at least mud and snow rated tires. Um, so that's one step. But again, if you want to prepare yourself more, get the ones with the mountain snowflake on them. Look for those all-weather tires. Manufacturers are bringing those in. It's more of a update to the U.S. Sure. Uh, Europe's been doing it for a while, but we're, we're introducing it more and more to the U.S. Is it a different rubber compound they use then that make it them is. a little more durable yep, for it's, it's a different type of tread it's a different compound it's a little softer because you know as temperatures drop rubber hardens sure so they sure, use a softer sure. compound for better stopping and going so it's not just getting going it's also stopping so and that's that now we're just dealing with the tires but there's more to th- this there is so if you don't have either of those if you don't have the the tires for the two-wheel drive or the four-wheel drive carry some chains and then you got to put those on two or more tires if the passenger uh, traction law is in effect or chain uh, law. I mean, if you if you leave Denver and it's okay and you get to the mountains, it's bad. You got to pull over like you see the semis do on occasion, right? And and get to a safe spot. Don't don't do it on the side of the road unless you absolutely have oh, to. Yeah, you know, pull dangerous. off on an exit, find a safe spot to do it. But put on those chains or auto socks and practice now. If you're going to carry that, know how to put them on so you're not out there in 20 degree weather with it a blizzard and trying to figure it out. Now I might be able to handle the chains, but what you just mentioned. The auto sock? What is it like a sock you put on your feet? Yeah, well, sort of actually. Yeah. So it's it's the uh, it's an approved alternate traction device, and so CDOT allows for that if you don't have chains. And what it is, it, it basically is like a sock. So if you take if you were to go out in your socks in the snow and they get kind of wet and they start sticking to the ground, right? Well, that's basically what it's doing for your tires. Really? So it's it's kind of a fabric. It's very easy to put on, uh, very user friendly. Uh, you can just throw it on the tire, drive forward a little bit, and then it it secures itself. It has elastic on it, um, but that's one of the options you can have. Is that new? Uh, we've had it for a couple years. Uh, there's some you know, truckers that use something similar that they've tried it. It's maybe not as durable as chains, but if it breaks, it's not like a chain that's going to shred your car and you know cause a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. Um, since it is cloth. So it's, it's another option that you, you can have. And regardless, even if you have good tires or anything, buy, buy a pair of them for under 100 bucks and throw them in your car. So you put them on, if you're all-wheel drive, do you put them on all four tires or just two in the back? Or? So the law says that you have to have them on two or more drive tires. Okay. We highly recommend that you talk to your vehicle dealer, manufacturer, and say, hey, what should I put them on? Usually on all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, you want to have them on all four so they don't cause any damage. Wow. Now, where do you get them? Uh, you can buy them. There's a local distributor. There's some places online. There's local stores that sell them. There's a few places. Um, like a parts store where you go in and yep, you know, get yep, spark plugs. Yep, but it has to be the AutoSock brand. That is the approved one. They went, through, they went through testing. They went through a lot of things with CDOT to make sure that they're approved. Are there other brands you should not buy? Anything else besides the AutoSock. <laughs> so that's the, only, that's the only approved alternate traction device at this point. Um, so that would be the one to get. Go ahead. Well, now you mentioned I seventy. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Is that just for on I seventy? So here's here's the the kind of tricky part of this. So if you're going to be driving I seventy, whether it's clear day, snowy day, anything, if you're going from Morrison from mile marker two five nine to dot zero one three three, all through the mountains, you're going to drive through that area yeah. regardless of the weather. You have to have those tire restrictions or carry those auto socks, auto socks or chains in your vehicle any any time between September first and May thirty first. Holy cow. So you've got to be prepared. And the reason for that is, you know, the weather is going to change at any point. It, well, it did over the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, Yeah, you could have a blizzard up there. It could be clear, and all of a sudden it just moves in different sides of the tunnel. So they just want to... They want to have people prepared, not scrambling last minute and sliding off and then worrying about them. So for I-70, during that stretch, during that time frame, you need to have it. Don't put 
the chains on your car just to drive up in clear weather. You know, carry them, and then they're going to put it on the boards that says traction lawn effect. Then you put on your chains, then you put on your auto socks or have those tires. So basically, it's in effect now. Correct. Yeah, it is. It is on I-70. But CDOT can implement it on any state roadway at any time. So if this traction law is in effect, they're going to post it. They're going to put it on codetrip.org. That's when you need to have it for those other roadways as well, and you need to have those tire restrictions so that, we, again, we can keep you safe, keep traffic moving. Well, a lot of people will still be heading up the mountains for the holiday yet, and, uh, boy, they better be ready. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, the, one of the easiest fixes, so you're not investing a lot, is to get something like chains or an auto sock and just get them in your trunk, know how to use them, be prepared. So it's in, the, in law now. Are you pulling people over? Or if people are pulled over, you say, well, you don't have the right stuff. Here's your ticket. Yeah, so we've been asked that a lot, too. Yeah. So obviously it's it's not feasible for us to be out there when storms are going because, you know, life safety is our priority. Sure. And so we're not going to necessarily stop for looking for those things. When chain law is in effect, when passenger chain law, every vehicle's got to have chains or an auto sock on their tires. So, I mean, you've, there's there's one way we can look for, hey, that car's wow. going by and they don't have it. Um, but we just want people – prepared for it and if you get in a crash you slide off the roadway and we're looking at those tires there's a possibility you're going to get cited and it gets expensive pretty quick like how expensive so for just not having it say you were to slide off the road in addition to any other driving violations the cost of insurance all these things is a tow out you're gonna have to pay you're looking at over 130 bucks just for that ticket wow now if you block one or more lanes you're gonna be looking over 600 dollars Really? Yes. So it is It is worth the investment up front for your safety, for avoiding those fines, to get it done in advance as opposed to putting yourself in that situation. And you hate to ask this, but you know people will think, well, it'll never happen again. But if they get caught a second, third time, is it jail or what? <laughs> no. It's, I mean, it is pricey. And again, we don't, we don't want this to be Man. something that people are fined over. We just want people safe so you're not in a crash or you know in the hospital or something. So the best thing to do is get to the store as soon as possible and get what you need in your automobile, as well as all the other things they tell you year in and year out you should carry in your trunk in case of emergency. Yeah, we're we're already into the winter a bit, and uh, we would hope that people were prepared, but we know that people are still still learning this. So we just want them to take the time now. It's still it's better late than never, and just go get this stuff. So we're referring to this as the I seventy law, but does it? Take in I-25 and the yeah. city itself. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it could be on any state roadway at any time. CDOT says, hey, the roads are bad. We're getting a blizzard. Traction laws in effect. You got to have those things to be able to drive on the road. Wow, because if you're sitting out there thinking, well, I'll never go to the mountains. I won't probably go all winter. I'm not going to get that stuff. Warning, well, yeah. warning. Yeah, we do get snow in Denver area. Yeah, and, well, and there's people, no doubt. Yeah, and people just aren't prepared for it. And it's surprising because I think people, you we're so used to the dry roads and the snow melting in Colorado that they forget we still get snow and we still get slick roads that just have some good tires on your car. And CDOT puts them up on those signs you see in, in the interstate so you know the yes. laws are in effect. You yes. have no excuse saying, well, I didn't know. who. How did I know that law was in yep. effect? And it's your responsibility to pay attention to those. Like I said, cotrip.org, cotrip.org is where CDOT wow. posted as well. So just, just check before you, you travel. Now, is there a difference between the terminology of traction law and chain law? Yeah, so traction law is those those tire stipulations that I talk okay, about, right. as well as carrying them or putting them on. Now, if, if chain law is in effect for passenger cars, every vehicle on the roadway needs to have chains or those auto socks on. Um, wow. One of the two, and two or more drive tires. So that means that if we see you driving down the roadway and you don't have something on your tires, you're in violation of the law and you could get cited for it. And that's all relatively new. 
Yeah, we you know we've had these for a little bit. They've kind of changed terminology. It used to be code right. fifteen, sixteen. Oh. Those were just confusing. So we went and changed the terminology a bit. The big thing is again, it, it's very rare for passenger chain law to be in effect. That's that's last minute before the roads are going to close. They're trying to keep them open, um, but it does happen. We have had it happen every so often. So would you recommend? And you've often said, because you and I have talked before on uh, Mile High Magazine, if you're driving along, the weather's bad, and you look at a car ahead of you, and they don't have the proper whatever you need, can you call ahead? Do you suggest you call somebody and say, hey, these people are dangerous, and they're slowing the traffic down? And- yeah, you know, there's there's a balance to it. And obviously, in those type of situations, we're, we're running around a lot. We're just trying to help people out because there are a lot of people that aren't prepared that unfortunately are in crashes and, and uh, in the ditch that we're trying to take care of as our priority sure sure if there's somebody that's you know sliding all over they're a danger and you're worried about it right you can absolutely call us and we could see if we've got someone in that area and we can stop them um i can't promise that because we we never know where we're going to be but but you're always welcome to call us our our number is star csp star 277 on your cell phone it goes right to our dispatch and uh not 911 correct that's a non-emergency line if it's if it's really bad and if again like a drunk driver or someone really presenting a life safety has issue Call nine one one. You know, yeah. if it's if it's an emergency call, because they'll take they'll get it to the proper authorities. They will, and we and we work with everybody, whether it's our dispatch or local PDs. Um, we work with everybody. Well, that's something to keep in mind because you know, as you said, the winter in Colorado, <laughs> one day it's sixty, the next day it's a blizzard. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not ready, it could cause a lot of grief for yourself. Right. So we just want people prepared. Wow. What What are some of the biggest complaints you get from drivers? Because you guys deal with that. Each and every day. Surprisingly, yeah, we we do get a lot of complaints. Oh, from you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it, and a lot of it. One of our biggest things that we hear about is is the left lane law and people riding in the left lane. Is that right? Yeah, that's uh, that's probably our number one complaint of people is there's cars riding the left lane and I can't get through. Um, they're slow. They're going they're slow. They're going you know cruising under the speed limit in the left lane or at the speed limit. Um, and there is a law in Colorado. If yeah. it's a 65-mile-an-hour zone or above, the left lane is a passing zone. Okay. Um, there's also signs that sometimes you may be driving down a 55 or 45. It says keep right except to pass. It's that same thing, but it's implied and it's assumed under 65 or above. So if you are driving the speed limit, you should not just ride the left lane because you see a lot of people doing that. Correct. And, and a lot of people call it the fast lane. Well, it's not the fast lane. It is a oh. passing lane. It doesn't mean you should speed through there. Um, it is still. What are you a, looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> it is still a speed limit. So, you, you know, it is still 65. But, again, use it to pass a vehicle that may be going slower and then move over to the right. It helps us get emergency vehicles through quicker so we're not getting jammed up on all those cars. It helps with road rage and right, slot issues. Right. I would think the number one problem, because it drives me absolutely nuts, is not using your blinker. You got them on the car. You don't have to have lessons to learn how to use them. They're real easy. But yeah. people don't, they boom, change lanes and it's crazy. That may be number two for us oh. as far as, uh, as a complaint because, yeah, we, we look at it, we're like, you know, it, it takes one finger to press that little lever down. Yeah, it's not and hard. It's, it's a safety thing. It's a courtesy thing. Um, there's really no excuse not to use your turn signal as you're coming over. Well, especially if you're changing lanes. I don't care how fast the traffic is. If you're in, like, in rush hour in Denver and you just start butting your way in, it, it, it could cause an accident. I right. always try to anticipate, okay, I'm going to have to change lanes. I'm going to give myself a little leverage here and get that signal going, maybe somebody will kindly let you in. And that's the key, and, and that's what we really ask, is that, two people are just courteous. It, it's one car in front of you. 
Right. A lot of move over. Plan in advance. You know, signal. Because we get some people, well, if I signal, then people aren't going to let me over. They're going to let you over and do your part. Let them over. You know, pass it along. Be kind to each other. Uh, it's, it's really simple. But, yeah, it's there's really no excuse for not signaling. Well, it's kind of like the pay it forward thing. Okay, exactly. they're going to let you in. At some point, you're going to let somebody in. Yes. Kind of, we're all helping each other out here to prevent a problem. Yes, we just like cur- courteous drivers. We want safe drivers, patient drivers. It's not It's not asking a lot. No, it really isn't. How about the texting and driving, you know, that's going on? People are on the phones. And I always think, here's, if you're at a stoplight, light turns green, and you're two, three cars back, and you're watching, and nobody's moving, I always tell my wife, they're on the phone. They're texting yeah, right they now. They usually are. Well, because it's a red stop. They're done. They're stopped to the light. They're going to catch up on something. Yeah, that's usually it. Yeah, to texting or really any distractions, um, whether it's phone, kids, something going on in the car, huge issue for us. Um, causes a lot of crashes. A lot of people get hurt from doing that. No kidding. And, and you mentioned a stoplight. You know, a lot of people think, well, I'm stopped. It's, it's safe. But what if somebody's walking across the street? Through that crosswalk, and all of a sudden you look up, you see a green light or something, you're not paying attention, and now somebody's hurt or killed. Yeah, and if you're not paying attention and the light's green, the guy behind you is laying on his horn, you just go, oh, and you shoot out. and you shoot through. So it's just, just, again, paying attention because you are driving a couple thousand pound vehicle down the roadway. It requires a lot of attention, and and it requires your care and diligence. So just be careful. Put the phone down. It's a few-minute drive. Maybe it's a 30-minute drive. There's nothing that's that pressing that can't wait. Well, they, do they lead to road rage, these things we're talking about? The left lane problem, the blinker problem? I'd say our number one road rage is probably the left lane one. Oh, and, uh, you know, we, we try and do our best to enforce it. But usually what happens is we get people maybe tailgating them, honking at them, cutting them off because they get upset. Sure. Well, then that's now our more dangerous driver that we're probably going to stop. So if you want us to to help us to stop those left lane drivers, don't be the aggressive one that's causing more of a safety hazard because you're going to be the one that gets the ticket. It's always the second guy. Yeah, it's the second <laughs> guy because he's the one that's causing the He's the causing the danger. problem, yeah. yeah. exactly. What about if you see people texting around the phone? Should you use that same number you gave us as, as far as a problem? Say, hey, these people are right texting in front of us. Yeah, so you can. Um, and again, we, we ask that you give us as much detail as possible. And you say, here's what I'm seeing. You know, they're all over the road. Way, they're speeding up, they're slowing down, they're just, you, we're concerned about their safety, this is what they're doing. You, I hate to say there's a lot of people out there using their phones. Um, is it illegal? It is. It absolutely is illegal to, to text. It, and we say text, but it's any sort of data entry. So if you're sending an email, if you're sitting there just playing with the phone and, and manipulating it, then it's going to be illegal because, again, it's presenting a safety hazard. And, and it, it usually comes in conjunction with driving behaviors. Oh, um, sure So that's does. our job to kind of look at that. We can't necessarily write for just holding the phone. We're looking at, hey, are they doing other things? Are they not able to maintain their lane? Are they looking down most of the time? Because it's a, a couple seconds looking down is the difference oh. sometimes between a crash and sad getting there to, safely. Sad to say that's the truth, isn't it? Absolutely. It doesn't, it it doesn't take much. So what's the craziest thing you've ever seen people doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've seen everything. I've seen, you know, the usual one we see in the mornings is, is makeup. People oh. putting on makeup. We get people eating. You know, they do make travel coffee mugs. You don't have to carry the standard ceramic coffee mug and try and balance that as you're driving. Yeah. You eating a bowl of cereal, that one still boggles my mind. <laughs> We've seen people reading books, reading newspapers what? as they're driving down reading the Reading books? It's, it's unbelievable what people do what are they thinking well they're not thinking. they're not thinking yeah. that's exactly right they're they're not thinking they're not realizing the fact that they are driving this vehicle down the roadway and what a hazard they can be 
And you could get a ticket for that, I would imagine. Oh, if absolutely. Were, if you were to catch them doing that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and it, it may fall under careless driving. If it's bad enough, it could be reckless. It's it's nothing to, to take lightly because, again, a few seconds or not paying attention, there's no, there's no excuse. And, and people get hurt and killed from this. Oh, my. And, and another, I want to back up a minute, sure. going back to the cell phone thing. Even though you have it on a hands-free setup, like your Bluetooth, that's still... It distracts. How can yeah, you? Yeah, so it's not ideal. I mean, obviously, we there, there's steps, and we try and find that that balance. And Colorado doesn't currently have a hands-free law that requires that. But your mind is elsewhere. So as you you sit there and you're driving down the roadway and you're in the middle of this conversation, think about what happened the last five minutes while you're on the phone. You probably won't remember, and you won't remember because your mind isn't oh, there. And man. that's really the difference: is you're you're not focused on driving. And it seems like the scariest time I would think, and I'm I'm, I'm past that, but having teenage drivers in oh, your home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's when my kids got their license, and I probably sound like a tough dad, for a couple of months, I would not let them drive further from the house than a couple of miles. Oh, we're going to go downtown. What? You just, yeah. you ever drive downtown? I just realize, I mean, their mind is going a million miles an hour, too. They're new to driving. They've got all these distractions. They're thinking about their friends and what they're going to be doing. They're really prone to having issues just because they're not used to driving. So we do limit, you know, how many passengers they can have initially, and there's a there's a graduated time during that where we want them focused on their driving, not on their friends in the car, not on the radio, phones. As you know, oh, uh, they love technology. So you just have them lock up the phone, put it away. Right, right. Well, how many people, how many kids are allowed to be in the car with them in the beginning? Yeah, so it depends. Um, and it depends on the family and whether they're a friend or anything like that. We initially allow, you can have a family members in there. Then it graduates on to a friend. Um, a friend. And then, yes, a friend <laughs> um, or someone non-family. And then it graduates on to more. And the reason, again, for that is we want to introduce them to focusing on driving and keeping those distractions out of there. Um, oh, because they're just they're not used to it. They haven't done it before, like like we have for many years. And even even, even if you have even, for many years, you're not a great driver <laughs> necessarily. But um, oh. they're just more prone to issues. Well, and, and they take these driver's li- lessons, and they're out there, and they learn all the turns properly. But then when they're by themselves, it's a different ball game. There isn't a trainer or a mom or a dad with them. They're on their own. Well, as we talk about these issues, mom and dad aren't always the best drivers either. Well, that's probably true. And those behaviors pass on to the kids, and those pass on and, and pass on and continue to cause more issues. So be cognizant of it. Your kids are always watching. They see what you're doing, how you're driving, when you're yelling at people, oh, all the road rage. I know. That goes down to your kids, and we, we don't want that. We want to... Again, we want safe drivers because we want you to spend time with your family. We want you to, to arrive safely. Yeah, well, it should be that way. Going back many, many years now. Oh, oh by the way, we're talking uh, to our friend here, Mr. White, better known as Sergeant Blake White of the Colorado State Patrol. When I was 16, I was, and my birthday is in December, so I was going to get my driver's license. And I thought, great, right, Christmas. Yeah. You know, big celebration. And the guy wouldn't give it to me. He well, said, that's... come back. You'll get it. Come back after the holiday. I thought, well, that. Kind of ticked me off, but I thought after a while, that's probably a smart move. Yeah, it's tough when you're in that situation oh. where you're a kid, you just want it. But, yeah, again, you're you're focused on getting it. Your mind is off the holidays. A little less distraction maybe is a good thing. All right. Well, let's talk about another big item for this time of the year. you got New Year's Eve coming up here and the drinking and the driving, which is a problem anytime. But it just seems worse this time of year. It's sad that we have to keep saying this. Yeah, and you keep time and time having again. having to tell people don't drink and drive. But it's going to happen. It is, and uh, we are going to be out there, and we will 
happily arrest anybody that just chooses to drink and drive. Because, again, there's no excuse. There's so many options. There's ride share. There's public transportation. There's, uh, you know, traditional cabs. There's all – get a sober friend. Yeah. Do anything. Just don't drink and drive because it is a conscious decision. You are choosing to do that by not planning ahead or not calling an Uber or something like that. Well, and you could verify this, Sergeant. Uh, some of the worst times, oh, I only live three blocks away. I'll just drink and just stay. The, that could be the worst times. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're driving a block. It doesn't matter if you're driving miles. The thing is, it takes away from your ability to drive. We all know that. Everybody's right, everybody's right. aware of this. So there's no excuse. If you're, if you're going to walk, if you need to walk a block down the street, walk a block down the street rather than drive a car. Are you doing the uh, the usual pullover stuff? Do you have, like, stations where everybody gets pulled over and checked just at random? So there will probably will be some checkpoints throughout the state. Right, um, right. I don't know any that we're hosting, but, you know, they do advertise those, and we put out the information warning people, giving putting up signs and everything, and people still drive drunk. I don't get it. Those. I don't get it at all. But we will have extra patrols. We will have officers out just like we do every day, but we'll increase that just because, again, people – for whatever reason, are still choosing to do this, and, and lives are being lost because of these decisions. Absolutely, all the time. And talk about the consequences of a DUI. No, People, con- they don't realize. Yeah, they're, they're huge. I mean, it, it affects everything. It affects your life, and it can be long-term effects. And it is well over $10,000 to get a DUI. And that's, you got court fees, you may have some booking fees, you know, there's detox, your vehicle's getting towed, um, your job may be affected, you may lose your license, so you can't drive to work. Right. And you're going to have to call somebody, you're going to have to take public transportation and, and live with that, or you may have to have a... Um, a breathalyzer thing. Basically, in there. Yeah, basically a breathalyzer in your car. Right. There's a lot of things that come with it that, again, how simple is it to, to pay for a, an Uber or have a sober friend there exactly. say, hey, you're the one driving tonight, and rotate through it? It's worth every penny to do that. And I have a question related to that that I'd like you to verify because I've heard that if you're pulled over and you're asked to take the breathalyzer alongside the road, you can deny it. Yeah, so so what we do is um, when you're stopped, you know, we ask if you're willing to do some voluntary roadside maneuvers. And those are voluntary maneuvers, but we're, we're looking to see, are you okay to drive? And there's some people that, you know, go through those roadsides and they're perfectly fine. We just want to make sure because we're seeing some things, and there's some people that aren't. Um, we have to base our decision off of what we're seeing. Sure, and, sure. And that just allows us to to work with you. And some people say, hey, you know, I had, I had a beer Two hours ago, it was just a can of beer, and we run them through that, and they're fine. We let them go and all that. There's some people that have had a few drinks, and they aren't okay. Um, But, yeah, you can refuse that. But then it comes to a chemical test. If you're placed under arrest, you have a blood test or a breath test that you may be offered, depending on the situation. Um, If you refuse those, you can lose your license, too. So there are, there are consequences to it, but again, we, we say all these things. You know, we I hate to say we have to you know fear the consequences, the cost of it, and all that. Just think about the lives too. Just think about your life. Think about other families, exactly. everybody that you're putting in danger on the road. That's the biggest thing. There's there's no amount of money that can replace oh. the lives lost for these people that are killed for sure. And uh, quickly, here about marijuana. I mean, that's a big play here in Colorado. Is, is it the same procedure from you guys? Do you have a marijuana test now? I, I don't know. Yeah, so so obviously we don't have a, we don't have a breath test. So right. if you're placed under arrest for it, um, you'd be offered a blood test typically. Um, there are, you know, some similar maneuvers. It's the same, you know, kind of roadsides that you go through if you've been drinking. There's some additional things that mm. we may look for. All of our officers have additional training on whether it's marijuana or other drugs, just what how they're going to affect the body. And, again, it's – 
driving is a divided attention task. And if you can't divide your attention, you can't do these things, you shouldn't be on the roadway. So if you're tired, if you're using prescription drugs sometimes, oh, in Imperia, yeah, yeah. marijuana, alcohol, any of that can affect your ability to drive. Better safe than sorry, just not to drive. Good sound words there from the sergeant. And before we wrap up quickly, let's run down those tire laws again <laughs> because they're in effect now. They are. They are in effect. Um, and, again, we're, we're doing our best to educate people. We don't want to make this a gotcha type thing. Um, but, yeah, you need to have those in place. The, t- the, the tread depth is a catchy one, I think, on this. Tread depth is a big one. Yeah. Again, three sixteenths, that's the thing that's going to be overarching on any tires you have, three sixteenths inch tread. Four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, you can have any tires. Okay. Two-wheel drive, mud and snow, or look for that mountain snowflake. Okay. Those are the two easiest things. You don't have those tires, carry those chains or auto sock. Okay. So you that's that's the easiest way of looking at it. But, uh, again, we, we <laughs> recommend, we highly recommend getting the all-weather tires, getting some good tires that are good for Colorado because you never know when these storms are going to hit. And, again, as you emphasized earlier, let's repeat that now. It's not just I-70 in the mountains. If CDOT decides, hey, it's kind of nasty here in the town, here, the law is in effect, where's your chains? Yep, they can implement it on any state roadway at any point and be prepared now to have those tires, have those auto socks or chains in your trunk. I-70, regardless if it's snowy, dry, or anything, Shoo. it is in effect right now. That's the big difference for I-70 from Morrison to Dotsero. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are still just unaware, especially people oh. traveling here, rental cars, all that. They Crazy. Just, we, we're doing a lot of education on it. Is there a website they can get this information if they forget? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the easiest thing is always Google. Um, we have it on our website for Colorado State Patrol. We have a video on it that explains it, um, that I, I speak about it, talk a little bit about the breakdown. CDOT has information. Uh, they're putting out some you know good content as well. We're, everybody is just trying to educate the public because, again, it's enough. about safety. Sergeant Blake White, Public Affairs, Colorado State Patrol. Always good having you in, my friend, and clearing up the rules here. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a good holiday. You too. And you guys, too. Thanks for listening. Mile High Magazine. I am uh, Murphy Houston, and Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next weekend.